The You Should Know podcast is a product of Creative Element, the digital marketing experts in the Midwest. This podcast is focused around the people, things, and practices you should know in the world of digital marketing and business. We will explore various digital marketing and business topics in an interview style to create actionable takeaways for you to implement, delegate, or ponder upon, as well as getting to know the people behind the businesses a little better. Today, we have the privilege of talking with Michael Maley. He is someone you should know as a person, and he has many irons in the fire, as they say. I'll let him introduce himself and say a little bit about the things he's doing right now. Yeah, hi, James. Uh, thanks. Pleasure to be here. So um, this is actually my ninth year in real estate, and I've kind of reached this point where sales have been awesome to me, but I have to branch out. I actually think if a if a realtor doesn't partake in other ventures besides just sales that they've kind of failed as a realtor you know we have a lot of great opportunity so uh on top of sales i'm working into kind of real estate management development um i own co- a couple of commercial buildings i'm working on a couple more we're developing a daycare that my friend owns and we're going to own the building um a cool little condo project in midtown and then um some other development projects in the works too so so you kind of answered my first question a little bit in there, uh, but you have diversified a lot in the last uh, couple of years since I've known you. Um, why Why do you think it's important uh, to diversify and how has that either helped or hurt your primary function? So, you know, real estate's an amazing career for many reasons. Um, I, I've made a lot of money in real estate and have a lot of great stories and memories, but the best reason to be in real estate is because of who it connects you to. And I think you can even understand that as a small business owner and just who you meet. And even though I might not sell a house to all these people that I know, um, there's different reasons why they were put into my life. And they become investors in projects, consultants on projects, so on and so forth. So I've just, I've grown with a lot of different skills. And there's, I'm very happy with my success. But I think if I look back 30 years from now and all I had done is sales, I'd be disappointed in myself that I didn't branch out and go do other things. Um, it, it just adds to my success as a realtor because it just elevates me to a new level. I don't just have the ability to sell houses to people anymore. You know, you can sell them investment properties. You can sell them apartment complexes, bare pieces of land, commercial buildings, because now I've owned all those. So I understand more of the economics of it. And I'm not just, Hey, buy this house, buy this house. I actually get to sell them an opportunity to make money. So, yeah, it goes beyond the transactional aspect. Exactly. Yeah. And I know that you're a goal uh, driven, goal oriented person and even post up and, and track you know, all your closings and 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 such like that with uh, uh, with setting those those marks for yourself. Um, yeah, I have those little tear off seat sheets in my office and they're eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and they stare at me every day to make sure that I get those goals done. So. So how many agents are in, in the metro area now? Licensed agents, I think there's about four thousand. So, so Berkshire agent, Berkshire, is who I work for, we have 1,100 of those. So so if there's that many and there's one Michael Mealy, because I don't know if we could handle more than one, right? No, no, no. Why why do they come to you? What problems do you solve, you think, for your clients that um, others can't? It, it, I think the biggest thing that I offer is I just get the job done, and most people know that. Um, most people that I work with know that. They just kind of let me do my thing and get the job done. Most people that I work with are really busy executives and professionals, and they don't want to have to check in on me to make sure that I know what I'm doing. You know, they've bought four or five, ten houses before. They kind of know what they're doing, um, and they expect me to know more than they do. So they hire me to take that stress out of their life 
just knowing that I'm going to get the job done. They also hire me because I'm just extremely genuine. I'll call them out if they're being unreasonable. I'm extremely opinionated when we go look at houses, which they love and appreciate because I am not a, oh, this house is great. The wallpaper is great. The terrible kid. Like, uh, I'm not there to sell them a house because I like to have clients for a long, long time. And not just in the sales, but as I talked about before, in other ventures. So just being genuine, people really appreciate that. I'm quirky. I'm kind of a dork. Once I started to realize that, it's amazing how many people will just kind of gravitate towards you. Yeah, I think people appreciate just genuineness anyway. Right. Uh, and can help them see beyond the yellow paint or the bad wallpaper and tell yeah. them to suck it up. And You know, and, and now that you've done this for, you know, well, I, I've done this for, you know, nine years. I have a whole black book of really good contractors, painters, everything to kind of make this really easy on people. So that they don't have to go find all those people or Google or do this or do that. So yeah, yeah. So I have kind of a tough question. Um, you recently lost your mentor in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are a couple of things that he taught you that you want to make sure are passed on beyond you? Well, I could probably talk about him for most of this podcast. Um, I know he wasn't everybody's favorite, and he kind of expected a lot out of people. But I honestly owe my career success to him. I owe my, my work ethic to my dad and my mom, but I owe my success in real estate to him. Um, he taught me, first and foremost, never ever quit on a deal. And that doesn't matter in real estate or any type of sales position that you're in. You know, Sometimes when things get tough and people want to quit, that's how you lose a lot of deals. And just, you're going to know if a deal is truly dead and when to walk on, when to walk away. But before that, there's so many things you can try, phone calls you can make, scenarios you can try and solve before you call it quits and say, well, that's a done deal. And um, interesting, and I don't know how people necessarily learn from this, but you know, uh, his son was away at college when I first got into real estate. Um, he wasn't married, so him and I hung out a lot. We went to dinner four or five nights a week. And what I learned from him secondhand just about how to negotiate contracts, talk to people, deal with things, I took for granted until he wasn't here. And I use those things every day. And I also heard so many stories from him that (laughs) admittedly now I can say this, uh, I would use those stories as my own when I was out in social environments because it made me sound like I had been in this business for 15 or 20 years rather than two. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a fake it till you make it kind of thing, you know? And so that's why now, I mean, I, I was able to do deals in my third or fourth year that most people can't do in 15 or 20. So, and now you have that as real experience. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, now I have my own stories, right? It kind of grew into my own, but, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, touching on, on parents and such like that, um, you know, some of those lessons that you learned uh, in childhood. And, you know, we have we have kind of a, a, some of those things in common where, you know, we both lost uh, parents yeah. when we were younger and such. So what, what kind of things did you learn from, from your dad then? and childhood um, that helped you now? You know, um, dad owned an insurance company and he was probably the hardest working person I ever knew. To a fault, he didn't always, he wasn't always there for us when he was busy. Um, So it's kind of, you know, you learn what not to do and you learn what also to do. Um, I just, I always wanted to be like my dad, drive the fancy cars, have the fancy clothes, the suits, the ties, which I don't even wear anymore. But, you know, I've always aspired to do that. Um, 
my mom and seeing her struggle as a single mom and never wanting to have that issue ever in life. I mean, I did a paper route when I was old enough to drive and I made like $42,000 a year delivering papers. And I just never wanted my mom to have to worry about money. You know, I always wanted to be able to have kind of a, a cushion for her. And that's just kind of led me into here now. I, I never want to have to worry about money, you know. And so that's kind of what drives me. It, it's, it's wrong to say that money drives me because it's not really what drives me, but it's the security of having that that kind of helps push me along. Yeah, nice stuff. So at the end of the day, what, what do you want your company to be known for in the market? Well, so still, I mean, the real estate company is, is kind of Berkshire. You know, the Michael Maley brand is launching into other things, which is still kind of new. Um, there's a couple of things on the horizon that, you know, I can't really announce yet. But basically, it's just going to be known for being different and unique, not being afraid to try other things. <clears throat> um, looking at our city and our market and discovering not just sticking up a product that you want to see, but actually analyzing what the city needs and making that project happen um, to meet a need um, and just doing it in a really cost-effective, unique, kind of never-before-seen way. So so when it comes to, to marketing, you, you've done some unique things. You're, you're doing some uh, unique ways to show properties and, and things like that. Um, kind of getting into that, in a brand story, um, how, why do you think that people knowing a brand and, and your brand is important? And then is there anything that you would tell anybody that they could implement uh, to help help them along the way when it comes to marketing? So I go to a lot of conferences. Well, not right now, but um, I did. And, and the Inman Conference is one of the biggest real estate specific conferences. And you have these top producers, people who sell million dollar houses all the time, who get up and they talk about you just need to be yourself on social media because yourself is your brand stop trying to be somebody you're not stop worrying about your voice your hair how you look it doesn't matter um how you sound because i hate how i sound on, on any sort of audio just and stop just showing people houses that are for sale because that's fun and different but people want to see especially in omaha because a lot of the houses are very there's they're, they're kind of boring right so not everybody wants to just see that all the time. They want to see different things you're doing, being a parent, you know, being, you know, going, traveling, seeing what you enjoy doing because they're going to work with you for a really long time potentially and they want to know who you are, whether that's quirky, weird, different. And again, when I kind of adapted to that, <laughs> that people like the weird, quirky, different, me, that is me. I mean, it's, it's great, the following that I have. You know, they want to see your failures, your successes, your struggles, your happiness, those kind of things, too. So it, it, behind anybody that is successful, they do have failures, like you just kind of mentioned there. What is, What do you think is the biggest failure you've had so far, and what do you think you learned from it? So something I forgot to uh, talk about is I do these MM parties, Michael Maley parties. And again, COVID has kind of tapered them off, but... Um, like when Barnado opened on 168th and Dodge, um, I was planning a Michael Mealy night there where I was going to bring all my clients in here into this private back room that they have, introduce my clientele to the bar. When Lee Douglas opened up their new showroom, I was going to have my Michael Mealy night there where my clients get to go and get like an exclusive discount. So it's me introducing my clients to something new in the community, which helps the community. But it also is a way for me to be able to see my clients um, without specifically talking about real estate. 
So, yeah, and I think that helps with your with your genuineness and authenticity as well, right? Because it's not just about the transaction; it's right. about connecting with the community and people. Exactly. So then, my biggest failure again. I've talked about it a lot. Um, I kind of tried to be somebody I wasn't when I was brand new. I mean, obviously, I talked about it, I kind of used Ralph's stories as my own, um, and that's not so much what I'm talking about. But I just, you know, when I when I realized who I was and I was okay with that and everything that came with it and that that introduced me to some of the nicest, friendliest people in Omaha. So my biggest failure was not enjoying your life for what it is, not enjoying you for who you are. And now it's a lot more fulfilling And, and now that I've realized that. So maybe along those lines and maybe it was during that time and maybe it was from Ralph himself, but what is... Uh, some of the harshest feedback you've received about your passion and your business and how did you react to it? So actually the harshest uh, feedback I've ever received was more about me personally, but it kind of interacted with my business. And it was uh, three very important people in my life told me that I was completely out of control ego-wise. This was about two years ago. So it was kind of a kind of a punch in the face, you know, and you have to kind of deal with reality, right? And uh not a fun thing to hear and you also don't realize that it happened and I was pushing people away in my life because of that um one of them even said your ego is bigger than my mentor which was scary um so I mean I went to therapy um you know we worked through a lot of that because I realized this was a problem and it needed to go away and one of the things my therapist asked me was I want you to tell me who are the people you idolize, not celebrity-wise, but on a local level. And the two people that it was were two clients of mine that own businesses here. They have unlimited money. You would never know it. You know, the way they walk around, the way they, it doesn't matter what they're doing in their life, they make you feel like the most important person on the planet. And that's all they want to do is help you. And so I've kind of 180 and I've turned into this. I'm very blessed with the success that I have. And I'm all about helping as many people as I can try and get into this business or learn how to be better at this business so I've kind of taken a back seat myself because I know the success is there and that's not really what's important to me anymore so nor does everybody need to know about it all the time either that's really what I learned too so so most uh, business owners and people success that I know like to blue sky and kind of dream out a little bit um, what is what is your dream what does the finish line look like for Michael Maley yeah, so, you know, new dreams every day. I mean, I think you agree with that, right? Like you, obviously, dreams, goals change every day. Um, my dreams now, and it's funny, I was just at, at, uh, at dinner with a friend of mine Saturday, and we talked a lot about legacy because that's what my dream is now. You know, one of the biggest bummers about real estate is you can sell all kinds of houses, and if you were to just pass away or retire, you have nothing to show for it at the end, like legacy-wise. And there's nothing you can hand down to your kids or your family or anything, and, and that's... I want a legacy that kind of sets my family up for the future Um, because that's how I think you make your stamp on Omaha. You know, driving around Omaha and seeing houses I've built or communities I've developed and being able to tell my kids, my grandkids about, hey, I did that, and they can say, yeah, my grandpa built that, and, you know, just something like that is is more what I look forward to now. So I have to, you know, of course, set goals that then work up to how do you get to that legacy moment. Right. Right. Yeah, and you know, growth mindset is something that is important. Uh, what is what does it mean to you personally and in business? And then how do you how do you think you go about achieving that? Well, yeah, growth is great, right? Because if we don't have that, what do we have? 
Um, I've learned always be grateful, but never be satisfied. Um, you know, you always have to be grateful for the successes you've had in the past and for the failures if you've learned from them. But never ever be satisfied, otherwise you'll stop growing. Um, I'm sure you probably think much of the same way. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Boy, right? Yeah. The movie Tommy Boy, you either grow on you're dying, there's no third direction. Exactly. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like what we're doing now. Like, we're, we're, we're not dying of COVID, but like, are any of us really living right now? I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, so the never being satisfied thing has just always kept me hustling because there's always something more that I want to look for. You know, I, I, I live in my house now. I'm already thinking about my next house. You know, I'm getting the floor plan designed by my architect. And that'll be like my little vision board because it's you always have to have goals you're pushing towards. Otherwise, you just kind of get stale. So, yeah. So how far out do you do you plan at a time? I mean, I, I look at what I want to do a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, you know, 10 years from now can change that a year from now can change a thousand different times, but you know, you have to have kind of a baseline of, of how you want things to look a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Uh, one of the coolest speeches I've, I've heard, and I don't remember it verbatim, but it was Matthew McConaughey when he got an award and he talked, I don't know if you mm-hmm. have heard it, you can probably maybe recite it a little bit better than I can, but you know, the person he chases is himself 10 years from now, knowing that he'll never be who he wanted to be 10 years from now. So he's always chasing that person. He can never catch him, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And I, you think through, um, even like Bruce Lee, and he's talking about, you know, and and fighting training and martial arts is that your target is not what's there in front of you. Your target is three inches beyond it. Right. Right. When you're, when you're, and that's how he had his power. Same kind of thing with, with chasing goals is, uh, if, if you chase it, you may never catch it, but you're going to be so much further exactly. along than you would be if you just sat there. And I, you know, and I, and I tell agents that too, that set higher goals than you think you can attain, because if you don't get them, you're going to have accomplished more than most people do because most people don't set goals. Right. And if you do reach them, well, it's fantastic. Set a higher goal next year. But you know, that, that's kind of why I've started reaching out into other avenue branching out as well, because I've reached this goal and I've been at the top and then you just kind of wonder like, well, what do I do now? I'm here. Either I just keep setting more goals to sell more or I need to branch out and do other things. Right. You just, you get bored for lack of a better word. No, I, I, I totally get it. And one of the things though with goal setting is that it, and I just did a video on it recently is if you do, if you set goals, you don't tell anybody or or write it down. Is it really a goal? Right. So I know every year you set goals and uh, you're talking about your tear sheets, mm-hmm. um, that you've set goals for what you want to achieve for that year. Um, and I think you've hit them pretty much every year, right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, they're they're pretty they're pretty big goals. The one yeah. in the middle is the one I care about. So I go on three, three things. I do uh, total listings that I've sold, which that number cannot count new construction. It has to be like existing, like, hey, you call me and you want to sell your house. Um, I do... Uh, total transactions every year and then I do volume volume equals money so that's really the only number that I care about so the other two I don't necessarily have to hit as long as I hit the middle one right but they just stare at you all the time and what's funny is whenever people come in and visit my office everybody asks what those numbers are because they're never the same because they're always changing of course we hope (laughs) and uh and so I have to explain to everybody what these things are and I think it's kind of interesting I've actually seen people in my office do the same thing on a smaller scale that is kind of my vision board, if you will. Because, um, again, you know, you look over there when you answer your phone, when you turn around and you put files away, and they're just always there looking at you. Yeah. So have have you um, 
have you thought about who that person is that you can now mentor? And is that one of the things, I guess, that you're going to make sure that they do is set those? Oh, for sure. I, I learned that from my mentor. He had little smaller ones and I just decided to just make them larger and and just easier to look on. Um, I'm not like exclusively mentoring any one particular person, but like I, I coach people in different cities across the country. You know, I, I mentor quite a few people here, a lot of new agents. I'm one of the first people they reach out to when they are new to type, you know, take me to coffee, lunch, whatever, just to learn, which I love. And I told them to do that with everybody. You know, I, there was a gal that came in my office a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago and, you know, her business is kind of stagnant right now and she wants to kind of reinvent. And she came in and the first thing she did was apologize to me because when I was brand new, she thought I was super annoying and I was just this big sponge. And I said, well, look at what happens when you're a sponge. Cause you, I learned when I was brand new in any business you're not going to make a ton of money your first couple of years. And so what I did was I'm still going to make money. I'm still going to sell houses, but the spare time I'm going to learn as much as I possibly can from as many people as I can. Cause then when you get busy, you don't have the time to do that. And so I did a phenomenal job of that and learned from every single person that I could. It doesn't mean I do what those people taught me. It just means I learned from all of them what to do, what not to do. And so I tell every new agent that too, it's not just me to talk to it's, Go talk to every single person who will let you come sit down and talk to them. Yeah, because so, everybody probably is an expert in certain mm-hmm. little areas. Yeah, because there are certain things that I'll tell you, like I'm not, you know, like people ask me about phone calls, and I, I hate phone calls. Like I don't, I don't make sales calls. That's just not my, that's just not my thing. And I'll tell people that, like I'm not the person you want to ask about that. <laughs> well. So, kind of shift to, to marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I ask every single person that comes uh, this question is. What are three marketing apps that you cannot live without uh, that you use maybe on a daily or weekly basis? Well, I mean, for starters, the first obvious one is Instagram. I like it much better than Facebook. Um, I think it's easier to interact with your clientele. You know, most people watch stories. They don't even look at the posts, whereas Facebook's kind of opposite, I think. And I just love how easy it is. Like I said, to interact, you can do polls. Which house do you like better? This kind of thing. It's super easy. And, like, you know, I, I'm... I'm kind of mentoring coaching this girl down in Arizona and she shows some beautiful houses and I always tell her what's the one thing you do wrong when you do that she never knows the answer to that and I said you didn't take out your phone and shoot a video people love real estate and if she has clientele in Omaha that when it's snowing and they're looking at her beautiful Instagram story of palm trees and sunshine they're probably going to pick up the phone and call her or shoot her a message to ask about it Um, and it's same thing here every time I do a quick little like just boomerang, whatever, and it takes you five seconds to do and it's free, I get messages about real estate all the time that normally parlay into somebody buying or selling something. And it is the free, easiest, cheapest cheapest marketing you can do. You know, I, I, I do agree. I think somebody should set it up professionally so posts and stuff look a little better. I appreciate better. that. Yeah. No, and now, I mean, obviously you didn't, you know, you, you didn't pay me to say that. I just, I, I do think that it helps to have some, because some of it can get really like, you know, bothersome setting it up, getting on a routine weekly schedule to post stuff. So it's easier to let somebody handle that. And then I can just kind of come in with the fun stuff when I'm out on job sites or this or that or whatever. Um, and then TikTok actually sounds weird. I've never gotten any business off of TikTok, but I've gotten a lot of ideas off of TikTok. So when you get past all the political and the, the, the kids dancing in the house thing and all that, there's a lot of realtors on there and they do really great house showing ideas, little video ideas. And 
those videos I've done have been quite popular, like with the, the, the putt-putt one, the Happy Gilmore video I made. And I didn't get that idea from TikTok, but I got the idea of these sort of house videos that aren't so much focused on the house, but more so just on features around it and right. creating a little story around it. So I watch that for a lot of ideas. Um, and I would say those are primarily the two biggest marketing apps that I use. Awesome. Well, so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, uh, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, for sure. They can shoot me a text or call me 402-981-7400. Or they can reach out and follow me on Instagram at Michael Maley Omaha. Oh, awesome. Well, everyone listening, uh, I want to ask if you enjoyed the session, please subscribe, leave a review, tell someone else about it, uh, or pose a question that you'd want me to ask a guest. But I want to thank uh, Michael for coming down here and uh, sharing a few minutes and uh, sharing kind of what makes you you. Yeah, thanks, James. All right, till next time.